You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. During the coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic, you may have heard the term contact tracing used. What exactly is contact tracing and how does it fight the coronavirus? How does it work? Well, our next guest has the answers. He's Dr. Prathit Kulkarni from the Infectious Diseases Section at Baylor College of Medicine. Doctor, let's start with a basic question. What is contact tracing and how can it help fight the coronavirus? Contact tracing is the concept of finding people who have whatever infection we might be concerned about and then identifying during the time period when they were presumed to have been infectious, finding everybody who may have been in close enough contact with them that they may have had the infection transmitted to them. And you identify all of these people who we call contacts, and then the tracing component is that you follow them during the time period in which they might develop symptoms of the infection. And in the case of coronavirus, the standard incubation period from the time somebody is supposed to have had a potential exposure is up to 14 days. So you want to find when all these contacts may have been near or close by to somebody who had the infection and then follow them over this period of time very closely and then see if they develop any signs or symptoms of infection. And if they go through that period of time and then don't develop any symptoms, then they're effectively cleared at that point. If they do develop symptoms, then you use the same process again in sequence after that for them because they've now become a case and now you identify all their contacts going forward. So it's kind of an expanding circle as people develop symptoms and become cases. I would think that could involve many people doing this contact tracing. That's absolutely correct. And the exact number of contact tracers that you might need for example, let's say a city or a county or a state could be very variable actually. So it's affected by the number of cases, it's affected by the density of the population, it's affected by what the absolute population is, and then also what is happening in the community in terms of the transmission dynamics in that area. As we know, across the United States now, different states and different counties and different cities are taking slightly different approaches to the quote-unquote concept of reopening. And so the dynamics of how quickly cases could occur or spread or be brought under control could be very variable in different areas. And so the number of contact tracers you might need could be different depending upon all these circumstances. But in general, you would probably need a larger number as you have more contacts and more cases. Now, we recently uh, saw a news item that said people who were diagnosed as having the COVID-19 disease had just pretty much sheltered at home and somehow they got it. Are we relying on perhaps faulty memories of people or other factors in terms of the spread of a disease like this? 
it's very difficult to know exactly in some instances where somebody could have picked up a particular infection. Sometimes if you have, for example, a household member who is known to have coronavirus and then you develop symptoms, let's say several days or one or two weeks after that, then you can sort of surmise that that person at home was potentially the most likely place where you got it because they're known to have had the disease and you had close contact with them for an extended period of time. On the other hand, simply going out in the community and potentially interacting with different people, the sort of more you do that more frequently and going in several different areas Each time you do that, you're sort of incrementally increasing uh, chance of exposure at any given instance. So it can be very difficult to determine exactly where and when the precise moment that somebody picked up an infection, unless you have a clear cut knowledge of a direct exposure to somebody who is known to have the infection. Other times it can be a bit more nebulous. And that's what we refer to as the concept of community spread. That is, there's low-level transmission or potentially intermediate-level transmission happening in the community in the background. And that was the whole purpose why we had to close businesses, schools, the sort of lockdown approach that has been taken is to minimize those chances of random contact between infected and susceptible individuals. And so as we dial things back up slowly, the chances for those random instances to occur goes up a little bit. Dr. Prathit Kolkarni from the Infectious Diseases section at Baylor College of Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate being on. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.